It's Sunday, March 10th, and I'm feeling like a recap. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Alright, last time on my City of Zobek campaign, uh, the players finally um, decided to go visit the Warlock of the Cauldron and uh, meet up with him. I um, This last prep session, I used... Um, Sly Flourish Dungeon Master, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. Um, I I haven't been using this prep method because it implies a lot of pre-scripted stuff, right? So I took a look at it through a different lens and I thought, well, let's try it. You know, I've got all this stuff. Let's, let's take a look and let's see how it works. So I went ahead and um, made my strong start, which was, um, it's just basically an opening scene that gets everybody on the same page and gets everybody going in the game. So I um, planned out this chase scene uh, where someone would um, cast a spell on one of the players and they would start wrecking the bar. Um, it didn't work as well as I had planned out because I didn't, well, it didn't work as well as I thought it would work. I planned that every hit point he would do uh, would be a like a cost of damage um, and it only ended up being like 19 gold and I was looking for more like 100 or 200 right I wanted to offset I, I wanted to do as much damage as it would have costed them to pay for the protection right because um, that's what this whole thing stems from is uh, they didn't want to pay protection to one of the local gangs and uh, the gang wants them to pay protection so they're gonna you know show them why they need protection. Um, so this will be a continuing theme and it may just be my strong start for each of the stories. Um, the next one I got planned out is all right. Uh, I don't know. I haven't, uh, I've, I've got a rough idea of it and it'll be definitely a lot more, a lot less combative. Um, so, uh, anyways, so they start out with the chase and, uh, I, I took a lot of cues from Dragon Heist on this chase. All right. I I don't like the Dragon Heist chases. I, like, that is my biggest complaint. I love that book. It is a great first adventure. Um, the, the two real big things I don't like about that book are it's four versions of the same adventure in one hardback, so it's, it's a real waste of space to me. Um, and um, it is... The chase scenes are, are, are DM fiat. They... They say, end it when it's appropriate. Or if they catch this dude, then he throws it to another dude who appears out of nowhere. And it, 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 it's just, like, that stuff should be narrated. You chase him through the alley and they get away. But they get away, right? So there's, there's, no, there's no way that they could catch him, right? Um, I did this in one of my last games with a chase scene. And I overprepared and I almost got caught, right? But it, it gave the players a feeling of them them actually being able to accomplish something, right? Um, so that's the way I wanted this chase to go. There was, uh, yeah, he might get away, or yeah, he might not get away. So um, they ended up catching him, which I kind of figured they would, um, but it was very heavily scripted on my end. Um, and I, I didn't, so I didn't use movement rates uh, because that feels a bit um, more combat-y and a little bit slow and plotting. So I just, uh, we rolled initiative, went around in an initiative order. What are you doing? What are you doing? You get here, you get here, you get here kind of thing. Um, he's a little faster than you, so you catch up first. You know, you pass this guy. Um, but they ended up catching him, interrogating him. 
finding out that he's just some guy who owes them money. Who they were like, do this or we'll kill you. And uh, he didn't want to die, so he did it. All he had to do was walk in and open a book and point it at somebody. And uh, there's a ward on this book. Uh, there's actually two wards on the book. When the druid picked it up to investigate it, he set off the other ward. Um, well, didn't pick it up to investigate it. He picked it up to look at it, right? If he would have investigated it, then I would have said, well, you're thinking maybe there's another ward here. Or if someone had cast detect magic on it, then it would have definitely, you know, said, hey, there's another ward on there. Even though they all thought that there was going to be another ward on there. Uh, anyway, so after this, they meet with the warlock of the cauldron. And he, he reiterates what he needed to do, right? So he, he tells them that he needs to find a place that, um, where the convergence of shadow into the prime material plane is at its greatest, right? And I, I let them research this. Um, we ended up taking a, a week of downtime because um, that's why I said I, I said I want this to take some downtime. So they ended up taking a week of downtime and um, researching it. Everybody else, since we were taking a week of downtime, threw in some downtime activities. So that took probably, we sped through it pretty fast. So um, I told them uh, a lot of the stuff that I was like, okay, I'll prep for that next session. Um, so that all got kind of rushed under the rug, right? Contacts made and stuff like that. We made all the rolls, figured out what was gonna happen. And I will present that with them to them at the next session. Um, with, with the caveat that if something were to matter in this session, that I would go ahead and give it to them. Uh, so they, they, um, they found three locations, right? They were on the Black Road, which is a uh, ley line that runs through Midgard. Uh, they were all uh, castles built on the, on the Great Road. So they, they had three of them. Um, and they needed a way to get um, a device to measure how much there was at, uh, at each place. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to tell, right? So uh, there were two places they could get the device. One from a professor they had known before. And uh, one, uh, the Warlock of the Cauldron would talk to the Shadow Fae and see if he could find someone to get them their artifact. So they finally chose to do something that I've been waiting for them, hoping for them to do. Use both parties. They decided to use each each of them use one of their characters and split the parties up. One go to one person, get the device, and go to one place. One go to another person, get the device, and go to another place. Uh, I've kind of been waiting for this to happen because there's a lot of overlap and characters just sitting around doing nothing. So putting these two characters to use and overlapping their time this is, this is what Gary meant, right? When he said you cannot have a meaningful campaign unless you kept strict time records. Because everybody had multiple characters back then. Everybody was, you know, Morton Kanan would be out researching so he'd have to use somebody else to go out there. Um, and, and that's just the way it was, you know? You, you had somebody who was stuck researching for six months. You weren't gonna just speed past that time in game. Everybody else wanted to play. Everybody else wanted to level up. Everybody else wanted that time. So you rolled up a new character and you went on with that character for six months. So I'm really glad that they chose to do this. Um, anyways, so it was, uh, they split the characters up. Uh, one decided to go to 
um, the party waiting around would go to the closer one because they had to wait for two to get out of downtime activities. Um, and then the party that wasn't, the, the party that was ready went down to um, the farthest one, Stan, Stanisfer, Stanisfor, something like that, Castle, um, which is a uh, waterway keep. So what they did, um, this the first group decided that they would go meet with um, the warlock's friend, Balaam's friend, um, and he ended up being the Shadow Fey councilman to the uh, city of Zobek. Now Shadow Fey are elitists, right? They are the ones who are who reign, like eat this shit up, right? They they love being in power and they have these huge enormous names uh it's like his majesty the emissary to the great city of zobek except there's like five more words in there you know and um so they asked the warlock they said well do we have to call him that every time yes you must address when you're addressing him you must address him by his full name so uh one of the characters asked well do we have to do this in character or out of character and I said, I don't care. Then someone said, well, in character would be much more fun. So I copied and pasted it and threw it up on the screen so everybody had a chance to write it down. So prepared and given very little background on this guy, they venture off to the Shadowfay Embassy. So I'm excited to play His Majesty. I've uh, read a little bit up on him. Uh, I know a lot about kind of the Shadowfay and they're, they're kind of like the Shatter Kai, I believe. Um, whoever lives in the, the elves that live in the Shadowfell. Um, so they're dark, they're twisted, they're, um, they, they value things like dreams and memories more than money. Um, I decided that what he would ask for in exchange for this device that would measure the amount of shadow leaking over into the world was somebody's greatest fear. And uh, first of all, that's a sneaky way to get somebody's greatest fear out of them and then use it again later. Um, and, and I also applied a negative two to their wisdom, which ended up just kind of not being relevant because they traveled for a week. Um, but so I got really excited to play this guy. And of course, in the middle of doing it, I feel stupid because that's the kind of guy I am, right? I feel um, I have a, a inferiority complex. Um, so it's it's hard for me to for, for me to feel like I'm doing the right thing when I'm playing these characters all the time. Especially this one who's supposed to like bring across this this dark, strange, moody, better than you kind of attitude. So um, straight out, someone says, okay, me, him, and her are doing the talking and that's it. Um, so the first time someone else says something, I point my finger and I say, didn't he tell you to be quiet? And uh, you know, the table kind of kind of giggles a little bit, but I make a grim face. And um, one of someone flubs the name, so I say, "Don't look at me." Right. So he, every time he looks at me during this scene, I, I mention something, and uh, I, I describe this 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 table they're sitting at, you know, for for a feast, right? And he ends up. Um, cutting this pig, like live pig, which appears out of nowhere, um, and just flopping these bloody pieces of meat 
onto everybody's plate, like throwing them, not even like, you know, offering them up and sending it around. He's like throwing them to the end of, you know, a, a six or seven person long table. Uh, so blood slapping up on people and it's, it's all kind of a grim scene, but he is carrying on this normal, proper conversation during it. Um, at the end of the scene, someone told me, like, I was pretty creepy. Um, so I, I feel I did my job and looking back on it, it was a really fun scene to play. And, uh, I hope they need something from him again, because I've got some other stuff up my sleeve for that guy. So they get the thing they need and they get the fuck out of there. Um, I got my piece of information. I don't remember what it is, but I wrote it down because I like to forget. And uh, they headed down on to Castle uh, Stennisfor. I, I can't remember it without seeing it in front of me for some reason. Uh, it's because I wrote it three different ways when I was prepping. Anyway, so I've got, uh, I'm doing the, the Sly Flourish thing. So I've got a couple encounters prepared, which, um, this whole thing feels kind of weird because it's something I've constructed, right? And it's not something that's happening live at the table. Um, this is this is a story I've constructed outside the narrative that we create at the table. So it feels weird because this is the first time they're interacting with something like this. So um, anyway, doing it Sly Flourish way, I had some encounters. Uh, I had an encounter for each direction they picked. So. Um, they picked River, so we went with River Trolls. Uh, it was a pretty good encounter. It, it went well. The combat was good. Um, I wasn't quite sure how they were going to do it. It was two CR... God, I, I want to say there were five or seven. Uh, but anyway, it was way out of their league. One of them was way out of their league. Two of them definitely far out of their league. Um, this is one of those good table stories right here, too. Because uh, we get to the end and they like they try to scare the other one off, and uh, I'm like, that's a damn good idea, right? So um, they throw the head down, and the way it works with these guys, if they start their turn in water um, with zero hit points, they regenerate. So a turn hadn't gone by yet when they uh, their tactic was to throw the head into the water and uh, scare the other guy. Uh, by saying something into his mind, I believe it was. So um, I had him do that. It worked. And then I had the head start regenerating, right? So uh, someone swam down to get the head because they like trophies. Who doesn't? Um, and I had a bite him. And uh, we had a discussion about that and how he probably would have known that. And uh, the player said, hey, it probably would have been even better if his buddy uh, went down there and grabbed the head took him back home to regenerate and I was like that's an amazing idea let's go with that because we're all creating the story right so he had that moment to create that that piece of the fiction and it's a really good piece of the fiction too because now the next time they encounter two river trolls I can add like a big scar on their neck or something crazy like that right um, or they could just wonder are these the same two river trolls as before come looking for us or what have you. Um, it's, it may be one of those things that comes up later. Oh, there's two river trolls terrorizing down here and they've gotten, they were bad before. Now they're crazy. You know, they are crazy because they know people are all attacking back. They're not just stealing fish. They're snatching people off the boat and shit. 
Um, so we're running out of time. Um, I'm trying to get home at a decent time. So they get to the castle and they do the thing. I give them a, a diagram of how high the things go up, like what it looks like, um, and how much the, the meter reads, uh, which will be funny because the other meter is totally different. So them comparing the two is going to be interesting in my mind. Um, so they get to the castle and that's just, that's just it, right? Uh, there was a misunderstanding at the castle. They thought it was a haunted castle, um, not an active fort. So it was uh, a bit confusing to them. It's actually a military outpost where they collect tolls. It's the last military outpost for the crossroads region before they go into the next kingdom. Um, but we were running short of time, so I just really cut it hard there. I was just like, no, they won't let you in. You go back. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, so uh, we'll pick up uh, maybe with that group in the beginning of the next session, uh, but probably just straight into the other group and uh, see what they're doing. It may even be interesting to leave them there, have the other team catch up to them in time, and then on the third episode come back to them at the castle as they're deciding what they're going to do. That'll give them a chance to maybe do some things in the castle that they, that I didn't let them do, right? Because we cut that short. Um, maybe even enter the castle, because I just said, they, they don't let you in, this is a military fort, we don't let civilians in. Um, or maybe decide to do something else. Uh, so I'll probably have that discussion at the table with them um, at the beginning of the session. Uh, I should make a note of that right now though, because again, I like to forget. Hey, I've got a Patreon now, so if I don't tell you about it, who will? I'll be doing super secret campaign notes, release updates, and early access to my zine and other stuff that I decide to produce. So check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Jerry247. That's J-E-R-R-Y 247. Don't ask me why. That's all the nuggets we got this week. You want to reach out? You can leave a voice message in the Anchor FM app, website, or send a file to my email. You can email me at cockatricenuggets at slackernerds.com or leave a comment on my website, slackernerds.com. This podcast is available wherever fine podcasts are stored. So let me know how I'm doing by leaving me a rating on iTunes or your preferred podcaster. Thanks for listening.